Welcome to the Kerry Football Podcast. Adam Moynihan here, uh, joined once again today by Sean O'Sullivan. Sean, how are you? Good, Adam. Good to see you. Good to see you, Barry. How are you, Barry John? Very good. Yeah, you're joining us from somewhere exotic at the moment. Yeah, I can't say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Barry's our, Barry's our golf correspondent this week. Um, so look, we have a great show coming up today. We're obviously going to be analysing the, the last gas victory over Mayo uh, last Saturday night in Tralee. We'll be looking ahead as well to Kerry versus Dublin this weekend. That one's on in Crow Park on Saturday night. But before we do, we've got a fan Q&A. So thanks very much to everyone who sent in questions on Instagram. We really appreciate it. Some funny enough ones here. So we'll get straight into them. The first one comes in from Kevin Sheehan. He asks, do high profile players get boot deals? So I'll ask the boys what, what things were like when they were in with Kerry. But my understanding at the moment is that as part of the players' charter with the GPA and the GAA, they get an allowance for boots on a yearly basis. So I think they get something like, the last time I checked, it was around €270, Euro, €280, Euro, which was supposed to cover two pairs of boots for the year. Now things might be different within different county boards, but that's my understanding at the moment. Barry John, you were in with Kerry uh, relatively recently. What was the situation like when you were in there with boots? Um, I think at the start of the year, so maybe a few years ago, middle of the maybe fifteen and sixteen years, you'd guess boots that could have been last year's boots. If that makes sense, the ones just kind of gone. But at the at the start when Sean was playing, a few lads when Adidas was around, there was I like, said they got there was good gigs going around. He could answer that more. And I just remember there was there was Galley, Gooch, Donahue, Marco Shea. I think the four of them had the Adidas deal with other players in the country as well. Yeah, I remember that. I remember seeing photo shoots back then with like Donny and all them with Adidas. Um, so it was obviously a different setup back then. Sean, do you remember those days? And was it easy to get boots or what was it like? Yeah, Barry, spot on. They're the lads I would remember as well when I saw your uh, listener's question, Adam. Um, they were the lads I would remember. To. Adidas were very good to us, obviously, through the county board. But so basically, very similar to what Barry said, we would get a, a two sets at the start of the year. And they were World Cups or Mundials. That was basically it. So you had your World Cup or your World Cup or your your six stud, weren't they? They were your 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 soft yeah. ground boot. And then um, you had your Mundials for when the the weather got started getting a bit hard or the pitches started getting a bit harder around the springtime. Now you were under no obligation to wear those. You could go and but but you'd get your own boots if you wanted to. But I'd say that was coming out of your own pocket, you know. Um, and then as the summer progressed, depending on how far you went, you'd probably squeeze another pair of each out of the out of out of pet the bag, I suppose, or the county board, whatever you want to go about it. But in fairness, then if you got to the All Ireland final, it was you were really, really looked after. It was definitely another pair. In fact, I'd say there was a couple of years, Barry, we got some lovely runners as well, didn't we? Um we would have got well, sorry, I wasn't with you, but we got pairs. We definitely there was definitely two finals. Adam towards the end of my career, where we got lovely Adidas runners as well. Um, so I have to say we never we never wanted for 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 boots for gear for anything for the, from the county board. I have to say we were well looked after. But so overall, I mean, look, we were lucky enough that we got to so many finals in a row. You were probably ending up with maybe three pairs of boots of each by the end of the year if you looked after them. Like I know for a fact that like I'm good friends with Dermot Murphy and like, he used to get gloves. Like he's he'd still have gloves and boots and everything over in the in his wardrobe, um, still in the boxes and everything. Like because as a goalie, I suppose you wouldn't really be going through that many. Like, but um, 
yeah, so we were we were well looked after. There was no no issue at all with boots. But in terms of the deals, I don't know what the actual details were were, but Barry listed off the lads there: Gally, Gooch, Donny, uh, Mark, Moss, possibly. Um, they all had something with Adidas and fair play to them. They were they were well looked after, I'm sure as well. You know, and rightly so. Yeah, I think what prompted the question is that um, David Clifford was wearing the new new Preds on Saturday night, and he would have worn Nike last year. So I think the people are kind of wondering, like, does he have a deal with anyone? So I, I, I doubt he does the way it's set up. But I mean, geez, you think it'd be, uh, if it was still allowed, I don't even know what the situation is. Maybe there's an agreement that if they're getting the money off the GA for the boots, that they just go in and get them themselves rather than sign deals. But geez, of anyone in Ireland, you, you think David Clifford would get, get some sort of a deal if he was looking I'd for it? Like, so. someone, but I'd say it's I'm not under the counter, like, but it, there's definitely a contact there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think he's, you know, I don't think he's um, dipping into his own pocket for his for his boots. Anyway, I'll tell you. Um, so yeah, that was a good question. Thanks for that, Kevin. Uh, next one comes in from Jack Duggan. He wants to know if you could bring one past Kerry player in their prime into the current team, who would it be? Sean, I'll start with you. Um, <laughs> Harry John. <laughs> time yet. He, he texts me he texts me earlier Adam to say if I say him he'll say me <laughs> I know what? Tony Lean actually had an article in the examiner last week and he mentioned your name Barry Jan he said that Kerry needed someone like a Barry Jan to come on and kick a few points for them so you're not far off yeah, Sean. Yeah. I say about yeah, yeah. Well, he, was, he was trying to get rid of me I say <laughs> <laughs> to be to be honest with you look I suppose it came down to two between two for me, Adam, and it 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 would have been the Gooch or Declan, right? And I kind of plumped for Declan, and the only reason why is because if look Gooch in his prime inside would walk on the current team, of course he would. But I think we're okay in the inside line. I think we'll get it right, particularly if we're going to play Shawnee in there with David. There's room. There's a there's a number. There's a fifteen up for grabs. I think they'll they'll sort that as the year goes on. But maybe the one position, and I'm not having a go at anyone out in the half-forward line at the moment, but I think we're just missing that guy who is the real driving force around the middle eight. He's the guy that, like Barry, you know Declan, like in what the way he played the game, he's getting breaks, he's driving forward, he's, he's, bring, he's bringing the team up the field, he's delivering brilliant ball inside to the full forward line. He's driving in off the foot forward line for goals, for points. He's bringing scores. And I think that's just a little bit of what we're missing out around the half forward line at the moment. Even the last night, it was crying out for it. In fact, just as Dillingini, I thought, was coming into the game and starting to move the ball in, he was taken off. Now, I'm not having to go at the management there. They had, obviously, the substitution arranged and ready to go, and they went with it. But just before he was taken off, he played a beautiful ball into Clifford off his left, dummy off his right, off his left, beautiful ball in and over the bar. And I remember saying, that's why, that's what Dylan Ganey can bring you on the 40. He's got great uh, both feet and he's a great deliverer of the ball. So for me, it would have been Declan because he just brings all that, what you need at 11. And I think that's, if we're going to play Shawnee inside, that's, we're just missing a little bit of outside scores in particular. Declan, Declan could score for fun, you know. How about you, Barry Jam? Jeez, it'd be nice to see Paul Galvin up and down doing as well. Lively. Um, was this 2010 we played Cork and he only came on? Oh my God. Paddy Sam was on him, then the true Cadigan on him. I've never seen, I was on the subs that day, it was only about 19 or 20. I've never seen a ball like just so magnetic to him looking for it when he didn't have it, when he had it. 
his passing was elite. One bounce or into the chest. Um, look, we're lucky enough we could name loads of black pass team that you play at start with Sean. But, um, so probably Paul, yeah, Paul or Declan probably my two. Of course, Lukuch is going to be there before nearly all of them. But like you said, the full forward line is strong as it is. And if we just needed one, probably the half forward line would need a little push. Yeah, that was a great question by Jack. Next one is uh, in relation to a player who just left the panel. So were you surprised to see Michal Burns uh, walking away from the Kerry setup? Um, Barry John, what did you make of this? I think some people were a little bit surprised seeing as how he, you know, he started against Derry. Was it the right decision by him to walk away? If I was still in the loop, I'd probably say no back in my time. But when you come out of it, I can see where he's coming from. Um, could I have called this? I probably could have. Maybe not that early. I just felt like he got it, he got his run in the McGrath Cup. He came out against Cork. He actually did well. He got his goal then against Derry. Or the first night didn't go his way. It was pulled at half time. Then you're travelling all the way to Monaghan. So, like, this was probably on his mind going into the year. Like, it's not just going to happen like that, you know. He's probably thinking, he's 28. He has his All-Ireland. He's won everything at club. He's won an All-Ireland minor, got man the match. I was only thinking on the last day, the only thing he hasn't won probably is a Carnivore. And the same came after that. Everything else, I say, he's ticked nearly the boxes besides Kerry 21s. So, he's probably looking on the outside. If there's a time to go away, is it now? Go over to America for six or eight weeks, make a few... Make a few pounds, enjoy himself, no pressure. It is a weight off the shoulders. As much as disgusted and disappointed he is going to be leaving the boys, probably meeting them four or five times a week, there is another side to where he will be released and he'll be able to enjoy his football a bit more. Um, still 28, is there a break where you can and then come back in next year? Who knows? I just think Dara Mind himself, I know their cousins, but are similar kind of players. And Dylan Gain, he's kind of coming in now in the 40 position, so that's another body. Um, Stephen O'Brien has to come back. Berkey then on the other side is kind of hold, he might hold his place for the league just to try him out because there's not anyone really similar to him. So, um, yeah, I, I, look, he's won it all. I think some stayed around when I was there. I probably could have said the same myself. I was only getting 10 or 15 minutes, but I was making an impact that was keeping me happy enough, if that makes sense. Um, I've seen some fellas like going traveling up to North and maybe for four games, two up to North, two at home and not getting a run and sticking around. It's, it's tough. It's tough. What do you think, Sean? Were you a bit surprised by it? Um, not really, no, very very same sentiment there as Barry John. You see, you have to ask, when you get to that stage, Adam, and believe me, I've, I've been there as well, um, and it was a big part of the reason why, like, I left when I was 30. So what did you say, did you say Burns was, uh, Barry? See, I think he's 27. Yeah, so, you see, you have to ask yourself a question there, Adam. If you're not starting, right, and you're... You're you're inside a training and you're you're devoting your life to this thing, like and you know it's it's the be all and end all, really. Like you know, it's it's it consumes you. You have to ask yourself, and I think Jack referred to this when he was speaking to uh, was it the examiner about the Hallborns leaving. You have to be willing to ask yourself, am I, if I'm not getting on the team, am I going back into the panel to play a part in the training games? in training to you know make the whole thing competitive you know you have to really push yourself inside there and as Barry said at that age of your life when you've been on the panel for a number of years you've won in All-Ireland you've won a lot of other um, accolades and medals you do ask yourself the question you know if I'm not getting on the team here or I'm not getting a run as a sub consistently you know, is it is it time to walk away? And some fellas won't. Some fellas will stay in there and they'll keep at it and they'll 
they'll, they'll enjoy the, the atmosphere and they'll enjoy just being inside there, which you have to question as well sometimes. With Michal, obviously, asked himself the question, am I willing to sacrifice everything else to be inside just as part of a group where, yes, I'm playing a part, I'm, I'm playing my bit, I'm trying to improve the guy next or challenge him. But is that enough now at 27, 28 years of age? And he said to himself, it wasn't. I just wonder, and listen, this is only thinking outside the box here, and Adam, you're, you're in Killarney, you, you probably know more than we do, but Pat O'Shea has gone back in with the Croaks, obviously wants to give it a good lash. Did he have a chat with Hall and say, look, you're, you're not getting a lot of game time in there, you've probably maybe a good four, five, six years left as a, at, the, at the top level of club football in Kerry, maybe beyond if we can win a county championship or a club championship. You don't know. You just don't know what's going on in the background. And I'm not saying that happened. I'm just thinking outside the box. Would Pat O'Shea have that kind of influence over Michal Burns? I don't know. But I, I wasn't oh, wholly surprised because of the fact that, as Barry said, he had got his run in the McGrath Cup. He then got his shot against Derry. Didn't go well for a lot of guys that night. Went up to Clonus, got no run. You could probably see the writing on the wall after that front. But he asked himself the hard question and he walked and listen, you know, you've got to uh, you've got to respect his decision. Yeah, I think if you view it in isolation and maybe some supporters did kind of in the heat in the moment, judge it on what happened in the last few weeks. So if you look at it in isolation and say, well, like GC started the Derry game and he didn't play the Manhattan game, is that enough to walk away? But of course, these things don't happen in isolation. He's been in there for six years. He's had to, he's had a lot of ups and downs. And to be fair to him, I think that he maybe could have done more at times with the opportunities that he got. But at the same time, he was very hard done by a couple of times. I remember under Peter Keane against Mead in the Super 8s in 2019, he started uh, up, in, up in Mead and he got taken off yeah. just before half time, which we've spoken about recently as well, being taken off just before half time. But he was hard done by, I thought, that day. The following year against Tyrone, uh, that semi-final up in Crow Park, he was on the bench and... The match went to extra time, of course. David Clifford got injured at the end of normal time. Burns was the last forward on the bench. And instead of bringing him on, they brought on Paul Ganey, who had been taken off yeah, earlier in the game. So stuff, yeah. stuff like that, like, again, in isolation, yeah. you'd say this may be a knee-jerk reaction, but it's not. Like it's, he's, He put up with a few incidents like that, and it's just no matter what, even if you could say, Okay, maybe he could have done more to, to to nail down a place, but it doesn't matter. Like if that stuff's happening to you, it's bound to take its toll. Yeah, and I don't know the guy personally, but he comes across to me as a fairly strong character. He's got a good mentality, but there's only so many hits you can take like that. I was at that game in Nevin, actually the Super Eight game, and I actually thought he was very hard done by that day. At least leave him till half time. He wasn't going overly bad. Um, but there's only so many hits mentally you can take. You know, Adam, whoever you are, and as you're, you're dead right. It, it wasn't just maybe his what happened in the last couple of weeks that's that's made his decision. He's obviously looked back at a few occasions where he's felt hard done by in with Kerry, and he said to himself, "Do you know what? It's time to walk away." So wish him the best. He he he. While he was in there, he he gave everything for the cause, and um, you know, he's as as Barry said, he he has he has his medals in his back pocket to prove it, and um, probably. As I said, with Pat O'Shea back at the helm at Crokes, he, he has the opportunity to go and win some more, definitely. Yeah, we wish him all the best. I'm sure um, Crokes will be a serious outfit this year with Pat O'Shea back as well, so he'll, he'll have plenty of football to play. Um, the last question in our fan Q&A came in from Evan. This is an interesting one. 
if they made a movie about Kerry football, who would play who? So I don't know Barry John. Who would be playing Barry John Keane? Oh my god! Sean, <laughs> 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 Barry John. I would say Barry John definitely would either be. Um, what, who are the two guys in the headlines at the moment? Killian Murphy won a BAFTA, didn't he, the other night? Yeah, Killian ba- Murphy, Barry John, or Barry 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 Keown. Barry Keown could yeah, be Barry John. Sorry, yeah. I think Barry yeah. Keown would be Barry John. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Sean, I don't know. There's a touch of um, Jason Statham off, off uh, Sean Sullivan. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to go with Jason, Jason Statham. Yeah, or maybe Vin, Vin Diesel, is it? Vin Diesel. <laughs> <laughs> now, actually, I, I, I was telling you a funny story. I don't know if you want to use it or not, um, Adam. You can yeah. edit it out if you want. But I was in Liverpool last weekend and... Uh, on two separate occasions, on the Friday night and the Saturday night, I was asked to stand in for a picture with two with a different couples. And I thought I was getting a little bit of a big head. I thought they recognized me from the football field, but it wasn't. They actually couldn't believe my likeness to a an act from the adult movie industry. <laughs> His name is Johnny Sims. Oh, very good. Google it. Google yeah. it. That happened on two. That happened on two occasions in Liverpool. That's absolutely yeah. hilarious. I'd have to check that out. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe we maybe we could call him in if we're doing the movie. But that'll be, be a, a different type of movie, I think. Yeah. Uh, we. Go, <laughs> I asked. I asked fans to send in a few uh, suggestions there for who could play who. So David Clifford, Paul Meskel. Oh, Paul Meskel, I'd say I I put good money on him being the best Gaelic footballer in Hollywood. He played for he played for the Kildare Miners, so I suppose that one kind of makes sense. Right, yeah. Gooch, Michael Fassbender, two Killarney boys. So I don't know, maybe. Okay. What else do we have? Uh, Sean O'Shea. Well, someone said Barry Keown for Sean O'Shea as well. I don't know about that, but uh, okay. someone else said Timothy okay. Chalamet. <laughs> I don't know about that either. Pat Spillane. Someone said Robert Redford. Be a good one for him. The fair hair. Uh, Seamus Moynihan and Bruce Willis. Oh, very yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty much on the money. Yeah, uh, there's a few funny ones there. Oh, right? I know he's passed away, but uh, James Galdafini was a dead ringer for Pat the Bag. <laughs> Tony Soprano. Tony. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, uh, we'll leave it there. Uh, we'll have to check out. Uh, we'll have to Google Sean's. Uh, doppelganger there to see how how alike they are but uh, that's great that's a great one so look let's let's, let's chat about the Mayo match uh, obviously great to get over the line David Clifford got the winner uh, in stoppage time basically the last kick of the game when he got the ball Barry John how confident were you that uh, Kerry were going to walk away with two points do you know what it's, it's very it's, I don't mean it in this way but when he gets the ball it's very hard for me to see him actually of course look he's going to have one that'll miss or go short but to not actually, he can he can kick a a good wide if that makes sense. <laughs> I just knew he'd get a good like connection once he dropped that shoulder onto the left. My man, I thought would he dummy bounce with the left hand and go onto the right? And once he just stroked it, I just knew even though it was outside the post, it was just coming in. And like fair play, Todd Kerry in a way of finding him. Now you could say Mayo probably are you going to double team? I know they're down a man, um, but yeah, I probably would have backed them nine out of ten times to get it over. I thought Mayo previously before that play did very well to mind it. And the pass was brilliant. And then I seen, okay, who's that guy? So and it was the full back and he wanted no interest at all. He called the mark in the corner. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Good mark if it was maybe a Tommy Conroy or a Rhino Dunn who did have a better higher percentage shot. But you could see he was nearly looking to just move it on again, even though it was in a scoreable position. But he gave it a go. 
and I just knew Kerry then were going to get a shot off with a minute that you were going to get a short kick out they were getting them off and luckily enough it fell into the hands of the right fella Clock management played a big part at the end there we mentioned Mayo like I think there was still 90 seconds left when that happened he called a mark over uh, on the far side by the sideline and like Barry Jan said he was looking straight away to pass it off obviously Kerry covered off all their angles you never fenced him to, to, to score that point so like it was a really strange decision to 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 give the ball back to Kerry, like wasn't it? Yeah, it was. But as you said, he just never looked confident. Um, he went for he went for a kind of an outside of the right and drove it straight across the goals. I'd say he did it go did it go wide wide in the far side. And as Barry says there, look, it was excellent by Kerry, and I think Jack alluded alluded to it after in the RT interview with uh, Damien Lawler, uh, where he mentioned that Kerry learned from the Derry game in that uh, going down the stretch of that. Kerry could have used the cl- or managed the clock better, uh, and they did this time. And I thought it was well worked by Kerry. Look, everyone knew who they wanted to end up with the ball. We all, everyone in the whole country knew, but it's very hard to stop. And I think himself and Shawnee. And look, we're talking about the two of them playing inside. Who were the two guys that worked that score? Of course, it went through a lot of hands before it got up there. I was actually right behind it, a brilliant angle of it. Shawnee and David and uh, they just worked it nicely and as Barry said the minute he popped on to the left you just knew where it was going like um, and look lads it was probably it was a clutch moment and it was the most exciting moment of the game let's be honest about it I, I, I thought it was a dour game I have to say I know we'll go into more detail maybe later but I saw people tweeting on um, Sunday, uh, Saturday night and Sunday morning about what a great atmosphere it was and Shree Adam you were there I was there I, I, I thought it was, I, I, I didn't get any buzz off the crowd at all. I thought it was very quiet. No, that was probably coming from the pitch because it wasn't a brilliant, you know. They actually looked like two teams to me that, I don't know, Barry, what do you think? Do you know that week's break you have there in the league? Do you think, you know, when, you use, when, when we train hard, you train hard, you put in a heavy load. They looked to me like two teams yeah. who, who trained hard last week. I felt it was, just, yeah. I felt it looked like from watching it, it, the game seemed flat, but the finished product, by, by the scores that were taken were good they kept the game kind of going if that makes sense you know but Agreed. Yeah. kind of slow and ponderous I know both teams were defensive but watching that I've been at many games like that it's not exciting and there was a period there where it was like you score we score and mm. absolutely the quality of the scores I mean we kicked some lovely scores Mayo kicked some lovely Fergal Bowling kicked a nice score um Callan came up the field in the first half, kicked two lovely scores. Dylan Ganey got a beauty right after half time, again right in front of us there. The, the score taking and the skill quality was excellent, but there was just no, there was no pizzazz to it, no hard hits, there was no double teaming. I think maybe once or twice Kerry got a little bit of a geo from the crowd because they turned over Mayo. There was just none of that. And I just they looked to me like two teams who had really trained hard in the week previous and they were just that bit flat. Of course, they've got excellent players and the quality was always going to shine through when they were, especially from score taking. But I just thought overall the game was poor. But it came down to that moment and sure who else went on the ball as a carry man, only, only that fella like, and it was it was a super finish like. Yeah, I agree, Sean. I thought it was it was very quiet at times, but it was just, it was the, the kind of pattern of play. At times it was so back and forth and slow. It was hard to get, get you know, to get the crowd behind them. But I thought that, I remember we, we spoke last week about how we were expecting Kerry to come out with a bit of intensity after kind of not so much a reaction to the Monaghan game, but a reaction to the Derry game, the last home game that they had, and they left it after them. 
we thought that they would come out, you know, really up for it and and, and intense. But we didn't really see that at all. Now, as you said, maybe they, maybe it was a kind of a, a legginess kind of from training or something like that. But I thought, especially in the first half, it was just like I was I was in the terrace as well on the same side as you. And I remember at one stage someone was coming up. Maybe it was Gavin White from wing back, and there was loads and loads of space in front of him down uh, on the terrace side for him to play a pass into if someone made a run but lads were kind of bunched in the centre forward position they were kind of like I could see them like they were kind of walking in behind their man there was it, it was very quiet by them actually as well and you like from where I was you'd be able to hear them shouting for the ball it was just a bit lacking that bit of intensity um, for whatever reason Obviously, look, they got the win in the end, so it's not a massive cause for concern. And again, look, it's February. They're not going to win or lose anything at this time of the year. But it was a little bit flat. Like Jack O'Connor, speaking afterwards, said that it was a 6 out of 10 performance at best. Like, I'd, I'd say, like, yeah, probably a 5 out of 10 even. Like, I think 6 and nearly beef and giving him too much. Um, I suppose one positive was 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 Killian Burke. I thought I thought he did, did, did really well for a fellow who's playing in his third game. Like, like Barry John, I think... What impressed me most about him was the fact that when things do get a bit kind of laborious back and forth, he kind of has that ability and I suppose the desire to go past someone. And when he does that, you get fouled. Fair enough. That's grand. That's that's fine as well. But sometimes it just creates that bit of havoc when things are so stale and so static. He goes past someone and all of a sudden someone else has to cheat up there, a man to go over to him and he can slip a pass or something happens anyway. So I think... Would that be encouraging from your point of view, Barry John, to see someone who's coming in and, and kind of being aggressive in, in their forward running like that? Yeah, 100%. Look, and, and Sean would probably be able to answer this better than he probably played with his father with me, Kerry. Like, what a warrior. They're, they're opposite players. No, don't get me wrong, but I'm sure at home the father isn't telling them, oh, just be careful. No, he's telling them, look, just you're 20 years of age. Go for it. Have a go. And I think one run, lads, one run through the middle, when the ground gets hard, that'll open up his confidence because he's still young. You see, like you said, he's causing havoc, but what he, the lads will be delighted inside. And I just remember myself from playing. If you're a corner forward, you're, you're, you just love a fella who goes and he knows that if it's not on, he's coming for the loop for you. And you could see with Clifford, they had two or three, they might have got scores, but he'd come and David would hold on. He has that nearly connection with him already. Like you said, it's only three games, so he's only going to get better. Uh, what's probably on his side is there's nothing really similar to him in that wing forward role uh, as the year goes on he'll be able to compete for kickouts he's a huge man um, probably just have to get used to that role of going up and down that's probably just match fitness you know you can run all you want but it's probably he needs games to probably understand what his role is going to be and then probably coming on to the end of things but so far so good for him it's probably the most promising of what has gone in this year Is that a crucial point Sean the fact that he's kind of unique in terms of carries forwards at the moment? Yeah, he offers us something completely different to Adam that we, we, we haven't had in a while. He's got absolute natural blistering pace for, for, a, for a big man. He's got such a powerful... I, I'll never forget, we, um, we, we had him in the, with the under-20s. Um, was it his second year? I remember we were playing a... a was, it a was it a trial game between ourselves or did we play one of the freshers teams in the college in Kearns one evening? And I, I'll never forget Niall O'Mahony from Spa, who was one of our coaches, uh, John, uh, Barry John at Doing Well. He, he, he played for Kerry as well. We were standing next to each other and Burke got a ball on his own half-back line and he slipped it off and he went on a run straight through the middle without the ball. And we just watched him, the two of us. And I mean, the ground he covered for a big man was just absolutely phenomenal. So 
he's got that in his tank that we've probably lacked a little bit in our half forward line now for a number of seasons. Uh, the big thing with Killian is, and and very made a crucial point there, is that he looks like he's being coached already, and he's he's learning inside in the senior setup. Is that he's not running down cul-de-sacs. That was a big issue with him, with us, and we were something we were trying all the time to get him out of running down cul-de-sacs and running into tackles. Absolutely, he can take his man on one on one, and he can find little gaps. But he's now knowing that he's got a David Clifford or a Sean Shea or whoever it may be on the loop for him and he knows when to slip it. And that'll only come as well from, from playing games with these guys. And because it was kind of quiet the last night, you could actually hear the lads talking to him. Barry, I thought it was excellent. And they seem to lo- they seem to really like him. Do you know what I mean? Like they're already calling him Berkey, Berkey. You know, like they, they've, really, they've really taken him in under, under their wing because they know this guy has serious, serious raw talent like. And to be honest with you, lads, without heaping too much pressure on the guy, because he's he's only in, it's only his third game, the number 12 jersey is his really at the moment. And on barring injury and barring he becomes like a deer in the headlights and can't do it, which I doubt it, because it's there, the number 12 jersey is his at the moment. And he's got the height for out around the middle of the field for kickouts. He's got the one big thing for him, with, and I keep going back to it, can he score? Can he score like the first half the last night, Adam? I think do you remember he missed he missed a decent opportunity right in front of the goals. Yeah. He's got to be nailing those. And and if I was to give him one tip, not giving the coaches inside of the seniors any tips because they don't need it, that man needs to be at training early and staying back after Barry and kicking the ball over the bar. 21 yards out, 30 yards out, taking a ball on the run, kicking it over the bar, over the bar, over the bar, because that's the one area where we need more from him, and it's the one area that he needs to improve on definitely. Yeah, I think I've been very impressed with him so far. It, like I agree with you, Sean. Though that was a point he should have scored. It was, it was a handy one, like, and it just would have made he, his his reputation is already flying through the roof. But if he can just add that score there, sure, like he's laughing, yeah. like he's laughing on. It, it'll be very interesting to see now Saturday evening. I presume he'll get the start. Croke Park, like. Pro Park would suit yeah. that man down to the ground. Down to the ground. Now, I know he pulled up towards the end of the game. Uh, I think it might have just been cramping his calf. Um, so, hopefully, he'll be okay. But I can't wait to see him up on Crow Park, see how he gets on. Again, without keeping pressure on the guy, if he give, goes out there and, and gives us a 7 out of 10 against the Dubs, brilliant. But Crow Park is made for him. Absolutely made for him. I asked the supporters to send in their player ratings as I always do after every match. I'm going to call out um, 1 to 15 there and just to see if there's anything that stands out for you, lads. So Shane Ryan, 7.2. Graham O'Sullivan, 7.4. Jason Foley, 7.5. Dylan Casey, 6. Point, no, sorry, 7.0. Yeah, I thought that, that was a bit low for Dylan. I thought Dylan had a good game. He was on, he was on Tommy Conroy. Like I thought he swept up a lot of ball there, I thought. I thought... Like in fairness, like not saying like Jason, Jason had a good game as well, and so did Graham. But I'd have Dylan up there as, as high as them, really. Like in fairness, yeah, I I, th- I agree. I thought in the first half there was maybe two or three occasions where he 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 got a hand in and he read the play very well. And as you said, he was picking up Conroy from for for the most part. I thought he handled him very well, very well. Yeah, probably seven is 
seven still a decent rating, but I would definitely have had it higher. I thought he could, I, I thought he had a good evening at the office still in case he uh, was one of his better games for Kerry without yeah. doubt. Yeah, I agree. I think I, I'd nearly go as far as to say that it was his best game for Kerry um, so far. So um, hopefully he can keep that up. Half back line then slightly lower. So Tom Sullivan, 6.4. Ty Morley, 6.3. Gavin White, 6.4. Um, lower ratings in the full back line. What you reckon, Barry John? I, I think Gavin White in particular, he did some very good things, but he seemed to have some issues with his handling at times as well. He seemed to be letting the ball loose a bit. I don't know what, what was going on there. Um, yeah, to be to be honest, no, when I watched it, I had to watch it back again. Like collectively we weren't too bad, but there was someone definitely getting scores. Like Fergal Boland had two in the second half, two right good scores. Um, like Tom has probably given you eight and nine out of ten most days, lads. Um, who did he picked up O'Donoghue did O'Donoghue beat him He'd, in, in the second half O'Donoghue kind of broke loose a little bit he kicked a couple of yeah, points but from play but apart from that like was it one from play and a free possibly two? maybe two from play yeah he, he definitely came into it a bit more in the second half yeah so it's well, I suppose we're used to Tom attacking and getting two or three from play he's at a high high level for rating if that makes sense you know yeah. uh, of course he's probably he doesn't want anyone to probably Get a few scores off him, but he's still we're still playing around with him. He was centre back, wing back. I still think cornerbacks his position where he can everyone's going back and he can free up. I think you can get on loose ball at half forward, so he's kind of has to mark a bit more. So he maybe doesn't have the gas at the moment to attack them when it breaks or to turn over, but he'll be fine anyway. Um Gavin, yeah, well similar to you said Adam did good things and then handling a bit. So I say they're not far far wrong with that. Yeah, yeah I thought our, sorry, Adam, I thought our half back line as a whole probably was our most underperforming line the last night. Now you can you can you can give um Pike Morley a pass because it was his first game back. Do you know what I mean? Uh did he get 60 minutes into the legs or so, somewhere yeah. along those lines? Uh, Paul Murphy came on for him. But Gavin and Tom, they were they were compared to what we usually get from them, they were quiet. And but as but as Barry quite rightly said, the two of them have their bar so high, you know, when we don't get an eight or a nine from them. We 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 kind of go. Geez, the two lads weren't really at it. So, but the, again, it's only February. No no problem. And and again, the wide open spaces at Croke Park the next day will will suit the lads again. Like, yeah. So moving on to midfield, uh, Jim O'Connor six point eight, Joe O'Connor six point four. I, I thought they did better than that. Really, like I, like there were times all right when Kerry went long from the kickouts that that they struggled a bit and they're coming up against like Jim O'Connor there for Mayo is 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 a very good player. So. I felt that there maybe were one or two moments where Joe Dermott could have maybe retained possession a bit better. They maybe got their hand in, but then lost the ball kind of thing. One or two small moments like that. But 6.8, 6.4, uh, I don't know. Is, is that in line with what you, you'd be thinking, Sean? I, I thought Dermott performed better than Joe, to be honest with you, Adam. I thought mm-hmm. he had a better night than Joe. Kicked a great score. Um Joe was just, I, I, he was by no means poor, but I just thought he found it the, the going tough at times. But it'll bring him on again. We have to still remember, lads, that Joe O'Connor is 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 only back into a full, real, full-on intercounty season, like after a, after a bad injury. So I think he'll 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 be fine. Um, but yeah, I I, I would agree. I, I I would expect maybe definitely Dearman's rating to be a bit higher, but. Kerry Public are tough at them. They're tough, <laughs> boy. They, they, they demand the best all exactly. the time. <laughs> exactly. Moving on to the half-forward line, 
Paddy Clifford, 8.5. Paddy got four points from play. Uh, Dylan Ganey, 6.9. And Killian Burke, 8.0. Um, I, th- I thought Dylan Ganey had some good moments, Sean. Like you said in the second half, he kind of kicked a good point. He had a couple of good passes in. But um, yeah, maybe he could have done more in the first half, maybe. Yeah, a little bit more in the first half. I thought he could have showed for a bit, a bit more, particularly when we were trying to, you know, when the play, when the play was a bit slow and held up, we needed, and he's very good at it. He probably just needs to show for a little, show for it a little bit more, um, in terms of getting on it and delivering it in. There was a couple of balls in the first half. In fact, I'd say he played the first ball in for David Clifford's first score of the game. It was quick. It was a lovely pass down into the corner for David. He's a, he's a, a really really good passer, Dylan, and that's why he's out there at eleven, as I said for for that ability to do that but we just probably need to he needs to show a bit more of it but his rating is probably fair even though as I said I felt he was just into it um when he was when he was whipped off but I I think obviously the substitution had been arranged already Paddy Clifford was excellent I mean four points from play again typical Paddy performance he was everywhere like you know and Killian eight is 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 about right yeah and then the full forward line, uh, David Clifford, 8.8. So he was the Kerry supporters man of the match. Uh, Sean O'Shea, 7.3. And Darren Moynihan, 7.1. Um, what did you make of Sean O'Shea and signing the full forward line, Barry? I think I think he needs to be left in there for a few games. Um, you can't be just throwing him in and out. Um, I think the more space... I, I actually thought Darren Moynihan played well the last day. He got in a lot of uh, dirty ball and he was getting around. And it opened up in the second half. There was a lot of space inside. For the boys, it's just, I suppose, the triangle would be ideal for him, kicking it into Shawnee and David, and you have a Berkey coming, like Sean said, full belt off him. If they can get that going, you won't, you won't stop that. But that's only going to be chemistry and it'll take time. Yeah, and I think Jack was a bit disappointed after, again, in, in his interview, Adam, that he felt that Shawnee she spent a bit too much time out the field. Like, I, I was watching it with a friend of mine and we were just commenting on it at times, like, is there any need for Shawnee Shea to be... And I know they're, he, they they get dragged back tackling, of course, and they have to do their bit for the team, of course. But does he really need to be back around midfield and beyond, you know, when, say, Mayo were attacking the last night? Do you know what I mean? I know he's doing his bit for the team, but if we want Shawnee inside, like, and we turn that ball over and Shawnee's back behind the play... You know, I know there was times the last night where David was one-on-one inside and brilliant, absolutely. I mean, there was one uh, point in the first half where he got a one-on-one and he did everything right and he just uh, he went for the goal off his right and he just didn't connect, right? But imagine if it was Shawnee and David one-on-one inside from that transition, do you know? So I know Jack referred to it after that there was times he looked in and he saw Shawnee back tackling, which is brilliant at, and he works for the team. But I just wonder, is there times where... I hate using the word cheat, but where he can just stay up a bit higher and maybe leave his man off for a bit. And, you know, then if his man goes and scores, of course, he's the worst in the world. But is there times, Barry, where he can stay up a bit higher with David? Do you know what I mean? If we're going to play him inside there, play him inside course, there. I've been saying for years, and I've, a few people probably took it the wrong way, but I, when we, I was with him for two years at the start when he came in. And I was saying, he's actually, he's tackling for two or three men. He actually works too hard. We fellas were saying to me, they were probably coming saying, oh, sure, you're going with the, the corner forward row, lazy and don't want the track back. <laughs> no problem, but he actually works too hard. He goes from man to yeah. man to man. He is a machine, but mm-hmm. he is not able to do it for 70 minutes. So if they're putting 13 behind the ball, like, chance it, like you said. Leave a fella go if he scores. 
But if he gets one ball and you go up the field, you are not going to go up again. So he probably needs to be more like imagine being in a settlement saying, Sean, you've got to relax now with the tackle and the numbers. <laughs> you've got to, like, you're not going to see that. But I think they need to address it that if it goes past maybe the 45, leave Dara Minor or someone else just take over. Don't pass them on. Yeah, exactly. You're 100% right. We've enough bodies back there anyway. And like if, if, if we have 14 behind the ball and we leave David Clifford and Sean Shea up the field and Mayor getting in for scores against us, that's another issue. That's a different issue completely. That something else needs to be worked on there. Our communication or our, our defensive set, set plays or our setups or whatever. That's not Shawnee Shea's fault. Uh, I, I definitely, and, and, and I, as I keep saying, I, I definitely think Jack is, is realising that, that if we're going to continue with this experiment of playing Shawnee and David inside, then play them inside and, and, and give them that licence to be the inside men. When we break, when we break up the play and we go, that we have the two of them to hit in there. But I think it'll come. It will come. But Shawnee's just such an honest, hardworking guy that he wants to do his best for the team. And that's why, as Barry said, he's a tackling machine. But maybe he just needs to be pulled back a little bit. I think you hit the nail on the head there, Sean. Uh, I think he's he's too honest. I think he just wants to he wants to put in a shift no matter what. And I think you're right. Sometimes you see Cliffy, he'll come back a bit. And if he can pass a fell on, he'll pass him on. Do you know that kind of a way? Yeah. He has that kind of cuteness to do it, I suppose. Like... Whereas Sean is like, oh, you have to get the ball back, and he's like, you know, he's tearing around the place. He's he's too honest. Yeah, yeah. but 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 if we can get the two of them doing that, I mean, that's that. There's 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 danger there. Like there's serious danger there for defenders if we can get the two of them in one on one situations together down the field. But anyway, let's hope we they work on it, and it's something that comes off when we need it later in the in the in the year. Yeah. Uh, one last thing about the Mayo game, the last thing I noticed was that after David Clifford kicked the winner and uh, Kerry won the match, he was pretty brisk getting down the tunnel after the game. So obviously we've seen these scenes for the last few years where he's getting bombarded with uh, young fellas after the match, looking for photos, looking for autographs, which I think we all love to see. And I think the players in general are happy to do it and they're happy to be these idols for the players and, and to be these role models. Um, I got in trouble for saying this on Twitter a few weeks ago. I got some angry dads um, giving out to me, but I just think that while it is lovely to see it, there's a, it happens too much, I think. I think it's it's after every single game now, it seems, that fellas are getting completely surrounded by 100 kids after every match and there's no consideration to how the match went it doesn't matter if they won or lost. Like I saw the All Ireland Club semi final um, between Kilmacud and Glenn. Kilmacud lost that game, you know, in, in very tight circumstances. And next thing, there's 200 kids surrounding Shane Walsh looking for, like, Shane Walsh is obviously a lovely fella, as most of these guys are, and they're happy to kind of go along with it and put on a brave face. But I don't, I don't know, like, maybe I'm being a bit of a Grinch about it, but I don't know what you think, Barry John. Like, is there a line? Like, like I don't mind it in the league. But if it's a big game and you're after losing, is it not a bit a bit much to be surrounded by all these kids straight after uh, the final whistle? To be, to be fair, I've never I've never been in his shoes. You get <laughs> don't get me wrong, the six after a game is is nice. And look, we've all been kids at one stage. We want to you know give back, I suppose, because you're only there for so long. But this is a different kettle of fish, lads. This is bombarding. Um, and like he hasn't put a foot wrong yet. To be fair to him, it'd be worse if we were talking. He said, "No, no, no," he pushed them away. Like you can see, fellas are trying to get him in, and like even leave him enjoy the moment. Like he scored probably the last kick of the game, and then 
imagine trying to, you probably want to celebrate with your team as you have to think, oh, geez, two or three hundred here are coming. Um, so I know him deep down, he'd love to do it all, but I just don't think there is time and energy after playing, in, in his circumstance anyway. Um, maybe the outsider players, which me and Jean probably were, you'd like the old five or six there and you sign and off you go, but <laughs> this fella has, can't breathe. Like by watching on TV, being at the games, like Crow Park's probably ideal for him. He can just you know, pop away in or whatever, like, but the league games, even the club games with Fossil Lads, there was people coming down from the like for junior games and intermediate madness. So um, I don't blame him, and I know I have my own young fella, and I'm probably lucky enough that he'll get to see the players if I play with him, but he is the messy end of the GA, like, unfortunately, and um, he's the only one, I suppose, that can balance that. but... He can sign 99 jerseys and leave one fell out and he's probably going to be slated then, you know, that's the kind of way it is. Yeah, and like there's, there's nothing negative being said either about any of the players. Like, like no one's going to judge him for, for shooting down the tunnel or anything like that. But I just think that I, I, I would like the county boards to come out and say, right, for the first three rounds of the league, the players will be available after the match to take photos and to sign autographs. And then after that, just draw a line under it and say, look, the lads want to get in. They might you know, these guys might be carrying an injury. They might be soaking to the bone. They might just want to get in, you know. I just think, while it is great, and I don't want to be negative about it at all because you love seeing it. You love seeing the, the young fellas getting the chance to meet the players. But I would just, I just think there's a time and place for it. I think there, it could be regulated a little bit better, but I won't say too much more about it because yeah. I'll, have, I'll have more angry dads on the phone to me. I'm, I'm a dad myself, like, so I, I understand the story, like, but I just, I think it's... Yeah, go on, Sean. I think you're right, Adam. I, I, I wonder, could it, and look, it's, it would take a bit of organising, but I wonder, could it be more regulated in that they don't run onto the pitch? And that's an, that's another issue entirely uh, with stewarding and all that type of thing. And you can't look the kids or kids and whatever. But I wonder, could it be more organised where the lads get into the dressing room or they do their warm down, they get into the dressing room, they have their shower. And then as they're walking out of, say, the back of Austin Stack Park there, where you're the players' entrance, that it's, that it's reeled off. You know, the way you see the Premier League teams coming in to grounds and it's railed off and the fans are behind the railing. And then as the lads are walking out, they can sign their autograph. Now, I know that's that's in an ideal world, you know, or that was a good point, Adam. Designate the first three round, the first three home games of the league that the lads will be available after the games for to sign their autographs and, and take their pictures. But after that, then, you know, the lads have done their media or their fan stuff or whatever, you know. Um, or else organise little fan days where the fans can come into training and get that done. But he's box office, lads. I'll give you a quick story. My sister-in-law is married and living in Down. She's actually married to one of the Kilku footballers. I think I've told you that before. And she texted me the other day to show me her little boy's, um, my wife's nephew's uh, homework. And he, he had colouring for his homework. And his homework was to colour in David Clifford's picture. <laughs> like, that's above, that's above and down. Do you know what I mean? So if you want an example of how box office that guy is, there you go. So, And he's he has dealt with it absolutely brilliantly. And if he wanted to run off the pitch the last night because he just wasn't in the space to deal with it, his decision, another day he'll stay out there for an hour and sign him, his decision. I think he's just dealt with it brilliantly and it's a mark of the guy, really. Yeah, 100%. Uh, listen, we're going to talk about the Dublin game. Uh, before we do, I must mention the Kerry ladies. So I was up at their match uh, against Mayo in the Fisher Stadium on Saturday. Uh, finished up to be an 8-all draw, which wasn't a great result. Uh, it wasn't a great performance, to be honest, by the ladies. It wasn't like them. I thought they were a bit disjointed, um, a little bit sloppy and poor shooting up front. But um, 
look, they, they have three wins and a draw from their first four games, so that, that's a very good record to be starting the year off with. And like that, I mean, they started the game the last day giving giving young players a chance. Um, I think they had four or five All-Stars on the bench still, you know, so they're looking like they're they're in a really strong place. Um, and they're, they have a week off now this week, so they're up against Armagh the following weekend, and, and hopefully they'll uh, get back to winning winning ways uh, up, in, up in Armagh. So look, uh, let's talk about uh, Kerry against Dublin. The match is on Saturday at seven thirty PM in Croke Park. It's live on TG Car for those of uh, those of you who won't be travelling. I want to talk about Dublin playing their all their matches in Croke Park. Um, Barry John, you would have played against Dublin a number of times. What are your memories of playing in Croke Park when it's it's half empty? Um, I suppose we we touched on this a few episodes ago. Um, like once you're kind of in the zone you don't really take into account what's kind of the atmosphere. Of course, when it gets to the bigger games, the championship, don't get me wrong, you can't even hear yourself. But um, the league games, I suppose, like, we all want to play in Crow Park. It doesn't make a difference what what time of year it is or whatever. But it's kind of more like, I suppose, an A versus B game. That kind of surrounding, as Sean, you know, probably has played as well in in our own games in, in-house. But, um, no, geez, going up to Crow Park, I don't think you could ever get sick of it, to be honest, man. Um, just a buzz. Uh, play in Dublin. Um, it's probably it's probably the best. That and Tralee were probably my two favourite um, nights uh, night night games. Um, I know Sean might be different, but any time in Crow Park lads is is unbelievable. Yeah, Sean, happy memories in Crow Park playing with Kerry. Yeah, same as that. Like you know, you you the, the, the more times you got to play there, Adam, the better. Now I I definitely remember playing Dublin in the league in Parnell Park a couple of times. Now. Obviously, you had a much more packed house, way more intense atmosphere, um, which probably led to maybe kind of more intense games, you know. Um, but, you know, Crow Park is where he wanted to be. And uh, and look, I understand there's the whole argument about Dublin playing their games in Crow Park, their home games in Crow Park, and it's the unfair advantage and so on. But look, I, I think at the end of the day, if you were in opposition going up into Croke Park and you're getting opportunity to play in one of the best stadiums in the world, whether it be half empty or full, you're you're never going to turn down that opportunity. So, uh, and it's, it's it's good. It's like we mentioned Killian Burke there, for instance. I'm not sure how many games Killian Burke has played in Croke Park. Did he play there with the Kerry Miners? I can't recall. He definitely didn't play there with us with the 20s. So there's a great opportunity now for him to to get his Croke Park uh, debut out of the way and maybe not the not the not the worst way to do it in front of a smaller crowd do you know what i mean so yeah the more times you get to to walk onto that turf the the better i think dublin got off the mark last weekend uh, they beat ross common um i'm just going to run through their uh their team that they had lined out the last day so uh, in goal O'Hanlon, full back line clancy Owen merchant and McMahon. Half back line, uh, Lee Gannon, John Small, and Murphy. Midfield, Fenton and Padre Coffey Byrne. Uh, McGarry, Bugler, and Kilkenny in the half forward line, and a full forward line of Paddy Small, Connock Allen, and Cormac Costello. Uh, the likes of Niall Scully, Larkin O'Dell, uh, Brian Howard came off the bench as well. Uh, Khan got seven points. Uh, he looked to be back on form, which is ominous enough from Kerry's point of view. Sean, how do you think Dublin are shaping up at the moment? Do you think that they, they're going to try and win the league this year because they're obviously playing catch-up now? I, I don't I don't think it would top of Desi Farrell's priorities, to be honest with you, Adam. I really don't. And from his first three lineups, 
and like you have to come in Dublin they do an awful lot of experimenting they really do and 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 you have to hand it to them now look they have the players to do it and and they have a, they have a wide wide um net of players to be able to do that but they're constantly experimenting even with players that you would expect to be lining up in different position or sorry in, in positions that we're used to seeing them over the past five six seven years they he they even get reinvented during the league like Kilkenny I know he was wearing was it was he playing inside a bit deeper against Mayo um but it's these new faces that they're he's just throwing in there and having a look so I think that would probably lead to them not winning the league but they'll still have enough to finish comfortably I would say mid-table no problem they won't be in a relegation battle so I don't think it's up there as, as one of the priorities for Dublin I think he's looking at it by the looks of his first three lineups I think he's trying to find even more players for starting 15 and definitely panel so I, I look I don't know what he's going to go with the next night it's, it's always hard to tell with Dublin anyway um, you can never tell until the ball is thrown in who, who's there and who isn't but I think you could probably see something along the same lines of a lot of experimental faces by Desi Farrell. That's the way he seems to be approaching the league at the moment anyway. Yeah, let's take a look at the Kerry team that uh, took to the field against Mayo. So Shane Ryan in goal, uh, full back line, Graham O'Sullivan, Jason Foley, Dylan Casey, uh, Tom Sullivan, Tyg Morley, Gavin White in the half back line, uh, the two O'Connors midfield, Dermot and Joe, Paulie Clifford, Dylan Ganey and Killian Burke in the half forward line and David Clifford, Sean O'Shea and Darren Moynan uh, in the full forward line. Uh, the subs who came on were Connor Ganey, uh, Barry Dan O'Sullivan, Paul Murphy, Adrian Spillane, and Ronan Buckley. Um, I have a feeling that the likes of Paul Ganey might not be far away, um, judging by what Jack Panner is saying. Possibly Brino Bioglik as well, who, who missed who missed the, the game on Saturday night, who's obviously been a, an important player for Kerry in the last few years. Um, Barry John, do you think Kerry will be making many changes for, for uh, this weekend's match? No, I say they should go the same unless someone's picked up a knock there, Sean was saying Berkey, but it probably hopefully it was only cramp. Um like the only change you probably could see is probably Connor got his goal against Monaghan. Um could they give him another goal maybe just to throw him in instead of Dylan? Um full forward line, I suppose we stay in the same. Can Potty move to the forty something switches up? There's not much, no, I, I don't unless there's a niggle, to be fair, I I, I can't really see much change. Yeah, I I think that's probably right as well. Um, in terms of matchups, obviously the key players for for Kerry will be the Cliffords and Shawnee O'Shea. On the other side, you have likes of Fenton, um, and Conor Callan that need that need minding. Fenton is uh an intriguing one because our our man who's picked up Fenton in, in the past number of seasons and always done a good job on him was Jack Barry. Uh, Jack has opted out of the panel this year. Um, what do you reckon, Sean? Who who'll get that task of picking up Fenton the next night? I suppose you'd probably go with Dermot. Would Dermot probably have Dermot O'Connor? Would he have more of the legs for him to go around the field with him? You'd probably... Now, I know Dermot is only back himself. Um, like, Mayo was his first full game, was it? Did he start against Monaghan? Oh, he did. He started against Monaghan, didn't he? Um, so, look, he has more games under the belt. I would be probably plumping for Dermot to go with him um, and just leave Joe Battle away then with... I uh, can't recall who was who was midfield. with was uh, Byrne. Yeah, so that would probably suit Joe just to battle away with him. If it's the same lineup, who knows? Sure, is James McCarthy back in the Dublin setup? Like he probably needs game time at this stage. I saw Cluxton was kicking around with them in the warm up the last day, so he could be back in as well. Maybe not this round, maybe the next. So look, it's hard to say. But if it was a, a straight matchup, then I would probably be leaning towards um, 
I would be leaning towards uh, Diarmuid O'Connor to go on Finton. In terms of our backs on their forwards, Con is starting to hit a bit of form. Um, so you'd probably be looking at Jason Foley maybe to go one-on-one there with him. Tom Sullivan was pushed back to Mark Ryan who the other night. Would he go back on a small or a Costello barry? Um, or would Dylan Casey maybe pick up Costello and leave Tom on small and, and push Graham out to the half back, out to the half forward line, sorry, out to their half forward line to maybe pick up a Kilkenny or something like that? It's 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 hard to say. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, Barry. Yeah, I, I think, I suppose, like you said, you were agreeing there that... Um... Dylan Ganey or Dylan Casey had one of his probably best games out of the three. Would you throw him in? And I know he probably suits John Small a bit better, or Paddy Small a bit better because he's kind of strong. But um, if you're going to go with him and you think you're giving him a chance for the long run, do you throw him on a bit of a Cormacostolo with a bit of pace and see how he fares out? Like you said, Tommy Conroy, he did well the last night. Jason probably will pick up um, Con. Um, Bill Kenny. Could Graham be pushed out is another thing. That was a good point. Or else you're going to be looking at one of the... Tom, maybe. Leave Tom out in the wing. Like, like you said, there's three or four positions they could play around with and still throw and you won't probably know because Dublin could have a late change. That's a good point on Dylan Casey, though. If you, like, he did well against Conroy. So if you want to test him again, especially up in Croke Park in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a bigger pitch and wide open spaces, you know, test him out against a, in, against a, um, a Costello, you know, um, and see how he gets on, yeah. Yeah, I, I gave up um, trying to predict Kerry versus Dublin matchups there a few years ago because uh, for the 2019 <laughs> final, I made up this lovely graphic and I was like, I thought about it for hours. I was like, this guy, yeah, this guy on Shawnee O'Shea, this guy in Cliffy, and like I'd, I'd all thought of for, I was planning it for ages and tweeted it anyway and it got a good reaction. It was like, oh yeah, that's good. And I remember the bomber, bomber Liston retweeted it and he was like, this man knows his football and my head was like through the roof and sure, <laughs> the ball was thrown in anyway on Sunday and I had about 70% of them wrong so <laughs> yeah. I completely gave up so it's, it's hard it's hard to know when there's so many options on both yeah. sides the players are kind of they can move around and play in different positions so yeah yeah it's tough um, so look um, predictions lads Barry John um, Kerry will they get get a small bit of payback for last year's All-Ireland final um, I think there'll be a bit of that but I think uh, individually and collectively they probably weren't happy with the performance the last day I think Dave kind of alluded to it as well. They were they felt like they left a few chances go chances go to begging. So I think they the performance probably is going to be as big as the result. But if they perform, I think Kerry will get over the line. So I'm going to go with Kerry. I think it's my first game going with Kerry. I wasn't on last week. I would have been with Kerry, so I would have been right. But yeah. um, I go weekend. Sean, how about you? Yeah, look, I, I think, as Jack said, 6 out of 10 against Mayo, that performance won't beat Dublin in Pro Park. Like, um, so I'm hoping, as Barry said, I'm hoping for a way better performance, at least an 8 out of 10. If we get that, we'll be there, thereabouts. I just think Dublin at home, they, 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 it would be a real good win for them against us, just to, especially they got off the mark against Roscommon. And I just think they'll probably edge it. I, I, I just hope we bring a good performance. Um, but I just think Dublin might, th- there might be more in it for them. So I, I, I think Dublin might just edge it. I hope I'm wrong. And I don't usually go against us. Um, but I just think they might have a little bit too much on, on the night for us Saturday evening. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I think it's going to be a tough game as well. Um, hopefully, Sean, as you said, a good performance and a, an improvement. I'm going to go for a draw. 
I think um, it's going to be a close game. And uh, so we've all bases covered. We can't be 100% wrong. <laughs> um, so look, just before I let you go, just to run through the other fixtures in Division 1 this weekend, uh, Tyrone are playing Mayo on Saturday at 5.15. Roscommon are playing Monaghan on Sunday at 1.45. And Galway are playing Derry also on Sunday at 1.45. That game is on TG Carr. So best of luck to Kerry on the weekend. Uh, best of luck as well to everyone who's planning on travelling up to Dublin. I was going to go myself, but I actually have a stag in Galway. So I'm going to be gone for uh, the whole weekend. And I, I don't know what kind of shape I'll be on Monday to record a podcast. Um, and actually also as well, we've I'm playing Interforms with, uh, I don't know, do you know GMYB Insurances? I do graphic design for them here in Killarney. And I'm playing Interforms with them. We've an All-Ireland semi-final on Monday up in UL. So oh. there's a few of us going to on the stag Friday, Saturday, Sunday in Galway and then back up to Limerick on Monday for a football match. So I'd say I need some prayers and candles lit for me over the weekend. Adam, whatever you do, just don't do a Barry John and at least come home. Just <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I'll have to sure look, it's my podcast. I, I can't I can't leave yet. I'll have to I'll have to make some sort of appearance. Um listen, Les, thanks very much for joining me today and thanks very John for joining us from uh, from your holidays. Really appreciate it. It's fine for you, boys. It's nearly eleven o'clock here. <laughs> thanks, lads. Don't boys, thanks.